I'm gonna drink this water. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm gonna go hide. <laughs> you want some water? I got this. Uh, they, gave me, they gave me two. Uh, what? Huh. I apologize about your great intro there, Brittany Johnson. It's okay. You know that what? That was dope. We're going to let Tim Drisdom do his own intro oh, today do for that. Dropping Dimes. Go ahead, Tim. Tell the people who you are. Don't do that. Tim, no, come no. on. Let's go. Don't even do it. You got it. You did it. You, you didn't did like my intro. No, I said you are the man around town. All right. Former running youth standout, which you said you're not. Right. I'm not going to fight with you. But they can use your help right now. Who? You <laughs> as a player or coach? Both. <laughs> oh, I gotta be careful. I got no, you some friends. No, you don't. <laughs> I got my, I got some friends up there, bro. What's going on with your team right now, uh, man? You know, it's tough sometimes out there. Um, I I think they might be just a little young, and uh, but they're gonna figure it out. How about that? I'm not gonna diagnose them because I don't. Let's go back to the coaching issue there. The coaching issue, yeah. Is think, there one? I think I think Coach K. Like he preaches about toughness and internal toughness and not giving up and quitting, but I don't think that they're a team that goes aggressively to the hoop all the time. And successful Pac-12 teams, ACC teams, Big East teams are always going straight to the rim. Yeah, I mean, I think they they have more of a structured offense and it's not as open, and so maybe maybe it's a little more difficult to find seams and and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I wish them all the best. I wish I, them all the best. I know coaches, you know, hate to say. They're in a rebuilding year or a rebuilding phase. But I think this is one for the Utes. And, you know, Coach K, he did acknowledge after Utah, woo, that loss to USC. Rough. Yeah, rough. After the game, he said, you know, they do have a lack of toughness. Yeah. And he yeah. wants to see more players being tough. So I want to know from you, since you played there, you played the game, um, can you really teach someone how to be tough? Can you teach toughness? Or is that like a skill that just has to be within you yeah that's that's a that's a great question I actually had a parent of mine uh one of the kids I coach actually asked me that same exact question can you teach that uh I think it's something that's just that's inside of you I mean I think you develop it over time I think by the time you are a college athlete you either have it or you don't um I think there are ways to kind of manipulate it as a coach you know depending on how you know the style of play you know a lot of coaches they want to press or they want to, you know, they want to play fast pace because it makes you go faster and it makes you do things a little bit harder. But as far as toughness itself, I feel like either you have it or you don't. It's kind of like height. Yeah. Like you can't teach it. Well, I think disinterest can get in the way of being tough. I think if you don't mm. like your situation and the way that the team is playing or how you're supposed to play can definitely mask toughness. And Cedric Barfield, I think, is a perfect example of a player who has – almost every tool to get somewhere in professional basketball, but I think there's a serious disinterest of him on the court. Uh, I uh, I don't know. I like Cedric because, too, he has other players that <laughs> – <laughs> not, not you, <laughs> Cedric Watkins. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, I mean, he does have other players on the team, you know, that he knew prior, playing AAU, all that kind of stuff. So I think the – kind of brotherhood or camaraderie is there but i just think they have to find their niche and they gotta mesh together like Mm. it's just and i don't i don't know how you can teach that but a lot of these guys they do know each other and they do have some sort of history before they came to play at the u so i don't know how how much does that help you being an athlete i came here with two of my friends and it helps a lot but it helps more off the court 
because you're getting adapted to a new place. You know, you're moving into a place where no one is familiar. Um, but kind of to Sasha's point, like, I think this interest can 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 be a, a big key as to why you don't want to do certain things. Um, and I don't know if, if I can share this. But being, you know, playing for Coach Majerus, his big thing was toughness. It was like, you're going to play D, you're going to be tough. And when he, when he found out, I feel like when he found out he had started recruiting guys who weren't as tough as he thought, then he became disinterested as a coach. Like, mm. it, I think that, I mean, even the like his style, he would calm down. He just wouldn't, he couldn't find it within himself to even try to motivate people because, it, like, I'm, I'm motivating guys who aren't tough. And so I think that when you have that around you and you see there's kind of, like, no no way to get those guys to be a little tougher then, it can definitely reflect in, in, in your play and, and how you look out there. So tell me how you feel about this. I'm a 90s guy. You're a 2000s guy. Yeah. When I was growing up and coming up, you know, I'm with the likes of Corey Beck, Penny Hardaway, Todd Day. I grew up playing with those guys. Okay. It didn't matter if we were losing. It doesn't matter what the record was. It doesn't matter where you're playing, who you're playing. You're trying to dunk on somebody every time. You're talking crap yep. all day, every day. Do you think that type of attitude has changed? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and I grew up, and, and it for me, I mean, growing up in L.A., um, you know, talking trash, playing hard, all of that stuff, like the, just the competitive spirit. I think the competitive spirit as a whole in athletics has been, I, I don't want to say lost because there are still some competitors out there, but because of the, I feel like the game has been so commercialized. I, I feel like the social media aspect of it, where guys are now, you know, it's more about what you're doing on Instagram or Twitter, and there's all of these things about, you know, being famous or whatever. So I feel like the edge of just just the the purity of the game, the toughness of the game has been lost over the over the over the years. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Like kids not even playing outside. Like with, you know what I'm saying? Like you you we don't even play outside anymore. You know, there's no toughness. There's everything is kind of handed to you. And now, I mean, every kid, every ten year old has like a YouTube page that mm-hmm. has all his highlights on it and all that kind of stuff. So there's just really, I just feel like the game as a whole, like athletics as a whole, you, there's been some things that have been taken away from it from that aspect. So say you're a coach right now yep. uh, for the youth, mm-hmm. and you're in Coach K's situation. You, you, all of your Pac-12 games, you guys have been out-rebounded. You guys have been out-scrapped in 50-50 balls. You guys are being out-hustled. Yeah. How do you motivate your team? Because those, like, to me, if you're not going after 50-50 balls, those are hustle plays. Yeah. You're, you're not hustling. Yeah. How do you, you know, tell your team – those I shouldn't have to tell you yeah. to do that kind of stuff. I, I'm and this is going to be as probably old school as as can be. But I, if you're not motivated by losing, then I don't know what motivates you. You know what I mean? Like if you're not motivated because you've lost, the, if this is causing you to lose, and you're doing something over and over again, and you're refusing to change, then you have admitted to me by your actions that you're committed to losing because it's not important enough to you. To, to do those things. Those are all effort things. It has nothing to do with your skill. It's just like, do I want to do it or don't I? Or even getting run out of the gym. All of that is effort. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not because everybody's faster than you or stronger than whatever. Everybody's got the same weight room now. You know, it's, it's either you, you want it or you don't. And then as a coach, I feel like, you know, you have to then maybe change how you recruit. Maybe change your recruiting style. Maybe you get a couple of dogs in that – could really care less about anything else but competing and, and, and rebounding and doing all of the dirty stuff. Maybe that's Do those that's players want to come to Utah? I mean, I'm I, as a player, I'm attracted to winning. Mm. So uh, I think it would, it's, it's not it's not necessarily a hard sell because you're also selling the Pac-12. Mm. So 
there also there are some teams that maybe did not recruit players like that that would be a draw for Utah. Um, but yeah, I mean, how impactful is it to have Kyle Kuzma in a Lakers jersey and him wearing a Utes um, T-shirt every time he warms up? I think it's cool. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think I it's was really blown cool. away. He was doing that. Yeah, and and I think Kyle really liked this place. Yeah. I mean, he, he enjoyed playing here. Um, I'm I'm positive he'll be here in the off season working out and playing and all of that. Um, so I think it's I think it's a big deal. I think it says a lot about the place. Um, and and I think it Utah kind of changed Kyle's life a little bit too. So, um, yeah. Back to recruiting. I don't know. I'm assuming because you're the head coach now mm-hmm. at Intermountain Christian School. Yep. Are you going to find yourself in that place where you're going to have to recruit kids because it, it it is a Christian school? Is that a trick question? No, <laughs> it's a real question. I can't recruit. But I mean, like, kind of just like how we have people saying, hey, come to yeah. Intermountain Christian School, just putting the word out there. Sure. You sure. know, do you kind of find it hard that to get great players coming to Intermountain Christian yeah. School? Yeah, it's it's harder because obviously the school is smaller. Um, it's a Christian school, so you have that kind of you know in place as well. Um, interestingly enough, I actually grew up and I went to a private school, just like Intermountain Christian School. So it was a Christian school, and um, the cool thing is when we won, then it attracted more kids. So I'm still about the winning attracts the players. If you if you want people to come to your school, it can be one day. And I got I got a scholarship, I got some offers from you know to a lot of schools or whatever from a small school, so it can happen there. You know, a lot of kids know, oh, I got to go to a big high school. You don't have to do that. But in terms of getting players in there, I think it's it's very clear the type of players that we want. Um, it was actually clear in the summertime when we had some guys actually quit because of what was being demanded of them. So, so being on the other side of the coin now as a coach, yeah, how do you feel about the AAU circuit and the way kids are being handled? Um, again, I, I think I think it's we have to be very, very careful. Um, and, and not only as a coach, too, I have a son coming up that's going to play the game, and I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, but just, I mean, your home life is probably the only chance any kid has at this point to stay grounded, to still have the right motivation to play the game. You know, because once you step outside your house, everybody's going to be looking at, again, your YouTube clips and your this, and you know, who are you, and are you the top, you know, who's the top first grader in the nation? All this, that stuff is, like, out there, and it's crazy to me. Um, and so I think that the way that AAU has become exactly what professional sports is becoming. And so you have to, I mean, again, guys like Kuzma, you know, guys who are blue-collar guys, as good as he is, you know, people are like, I didn't, how did he get to 27? Well, at the beginning of the summer, he really couldn't shoot the three. He wasn't great at shooting the three. Well, what did he do all summer? He worked on the three, and now he can shoot. He added to his game, and now he's a shot to everybody, but he's one of those blue-collar people. So with the AAU, you have to be, as a coach, I feel like we have to instill those same Values and players working hard, you know, doing all of the the little things, being a good person, being you know, be, being a normal person. Um, I, I think you know that's that's part of our job as coaches too. It seems like there's going to be some restructuring in the AAU attitude. When two weeks ago you got Steve Kerr, Popovich, and the head coach from Dallas talking about Lavar Ball and saying that the NBA is not an AAU atmosphere. And in my mind, that's a. If I'm a parent reading this, it's like, wait a minute, what's going on in this league that I'm spending thousands of dollars for my child to be there? You two coaching the youth, do you do you see that attitude going away in the AAU if the NBA and Division One basketball teams aren't interested in having that type of behaviorisms at their campus and business? I don't know because, <clears throat> excuse me. Now. It's to the point where now LeVar Ball is trying to 
start a league where you got kids who are leaving high school early to play in this semi-professional whatever atmosphere for a couple of years until they go to the NBA. So I hope, I pray it that, that doesn't succeed and it makes it to that point because that would be horrific Yeah, uh, for the youth. As far as AAU, I mean, I think the NCAA is starting to come down. You know, they just had the investigations and the indictments, you know, the college coaches and, you know, a couple of shoe companies involved in, in thing, underhanded things that were going on. So it's 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 touchy right now. I what about say. publications like Slam and these other blog sites that fully endorse what's going on with the AAU and give these 14- and 15-year-olds the shine? The, at some point, if you're going to want to – just get about basketball. You have to break some of the publication. There, there has to be some sort of censorship in a culture that hates censorship. Yeah, yeah. And right? I mean, like Slam and and those guys. Of course, they endorse all that stuff because they wouldn't have a gig without it. Yeah, you know, and it and it helps their brand. Yeah. And, you know, and obviously everybody's about brand recognition and and what can it do for me. So of course they wanted to succeed. I, I'm with said. I I hope it doesn't. Um, I just feel like the if if the purity of the game will come back to it, then you'll kind of see a change in the, even how the players play, even how they play the game, how they interact, you know, in the game, how they compete in the game. I feel like, I mean, LeVar Ball, I mean, that's a whole nother. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a tough one because when I was a kid, and one mixtapes were awesome to watch. Yeah, And I, watch. I wasn't going to play college basketball. Uh, Allen Iverson was phenomenal to watch him go against the archetype of leadership in this country and kind of throw a middle finger towards – Every organization he could, but that's just we're so far advanced in those forms, and it, it's kind of a bummer. So we talk about Levar Ball quite a bit sometimes, you know, on this podcast. Um, but it seems like he's causing kind of a riff raft with the teammates. The teammates of his son are kind of like, "Bro, your dad doing too much." Yeah. Like, how does Lonzo Ball separate himself from his dad? Does he need to come out and just say? I am not my father. Whatever he says does not apply to me to like kind of back his teammates to let them know we are together. My father's not in this locker room with us. Absolutely. I think that's the only way to do it. I, I, I've said that from the beginning when they, when they asked me, well, you guys are the ones that give my dad the mic. Well, yeah, they are the ones. And, but it's still at the end of the day, your dad is saying, and you have responsibility as the professional who he's talking about. Um, who has or should have the bigger stage? Um, I feel like you got to come out and say something. You have to, and I know it's your dad. And that's you know, what I was going to say. And, How do you yeah. do that? Because that's your father. You want to be respectful, but at the end of the day, that's he's killing your brand. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the respect factor, and, and I think you do it respectfully. You know, and and maybe you have a private conversation with your dad, and then if that doesn't work out, then and he and he continues, and you say, hey, you know what? Honestly, we've had a private conversation. And you guys have got to make the separation between me and my father, and and then he's gonna probably have to make a, a business decision. You gotta go old school, like they need Julius Randle. Like, look, bro, <laughs> bro, let your pop say one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there fear that he could get pushed out of the NBA? Would the NBA continue to have a one player? Let's say he's not a superstar, mm-hmm. C minus, C plus, B minus guy, a good twenty four minute rotation player. Could the NBA just get rid of him? been done yeah it's been done yeah i mean there's guys now who don't make the league because of extracurricular stuff mm-hmm. you know lonzo thankfully had a had a had a solid career up until the pros and now it's gonna have to be you know he's gonna have to figure it out but i mean you know i, I 
I think he's going to be okay because he's a good enough player, and I think he gets better. But, uh, I mean, he's always going to have a target on his back. And it, it's what sucks is now the target is, is coming from his own guys. That's going to say. I think he has more – he gets more scrutiny because of his dad. Yeah. Like yeah. people talk about him more or if he has a bad game, mm-hmm. it's – Always associate with his dad. ESPN has a reporter in Latvia or wherever they're yeah. playing. Oh, I was watching Ball is Life this morning. Watching <laughs> that. that is great. Well, I was watching Ball Life, watching that game like, these dudes suck. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Doesn't your brother play overseas? Yeah, he plays in Japan. So why can't we get him to play where the Ball Brothers are so he can just send us all this content? <laughs> no, like, listen. he can be like... Because he's making more money. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's making, exactly. Yeah, I was, he's making more money. Than I was going to say that without saying it, but that's, that's going to be he a can't step take down. One for the team? No, 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 no. No, he's, he's taking not one for that circus. Not, ab- absolutely not. I'm, I'm, never, never mind. I was going to say something else. <laughs> Yo, how is your brother doing, though? Uh, for those who don't know, can you kind of explain who I'm talking about and sure. where he's playing and how he's doing? Yeah, uh, so his name is Terrence. He's my young his brother um, played at Cal Poly Pomona. He was a two-time All-American. Um, great story, man. Tore his ACL, was out nine months, came back, and, and was able to, uh, and to to achieve some really cool things. Division two school, um, worked his butt off, got got uh, some opportunities, some pro opportunities in, uh, in the NBA in terms of workouts. And then uh, as of this past year, this is his first year overseas in Japan, and he's playing well. He's kind of adapted to the culture a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I expect – we expect at some point for him to be able to crack into the league. That's I think he's gonna be a good enough player to be able to do that. And um From San Luis Obispo, huh? San nah, uh no. Cal Poly Pomona. Oh, Pomona. Mm-hmm. Yep, Cal Poly Pomona. So they've Division always two. got a strong squad. They do. Yep. They're Woo. always at they, a technical school, huh? Yeah. So they say that's neat. Yeah, man. <laughs> They're that same why, like wait, the Christian why you gotta school. say so yeah. they say. Like yeah. that Christian school thing. No, we don't recruit. We don't we don't recruit. And I, uh, we if we get players who happen to hear about our school. So just so happen <laughs> in, to wind up on the doorstep. In Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, well maybe your brother will spread the word, you know? Yeah, because I'm not. <laughs> why? Yeah, because can, I don't can. What? That's not recruit. Your job. That's why you That's, have people. Yeah. I don't recruit. <laughs> yeah. I'm a teacher. <laughs> so oh. how was that growing up in the household? Uh two brothers, you guys are both very good or as you say you're all right. Um No, I'm a good basketball oh, player. Oh, so you're good. Yeah, okay, cuz yeah. I don't want to be throwing yeah. out compliments. No, no. Let's be clear. Let's, okay, let's, let's be clear, it, but you're not clear. a standout. I'm well, I wasn't a standout out to you. That was that was that was a mistake of my own. But yeah, let's we but, okay. okay, but you tried out for the Salt Lake City Stars. I did. And but the thing is a lot of people, like, you surprised a lot of people. Yeah. Because a lot of people were like, he's old. Yeah. What's he doing? He played at the U years ago. Yeah. He he doesn't have it. You dropped a lot of weight. Yeah. You went in there, and a lot of the newspapers were actually talking about you. Yeah, it was actually, it, it turned out to be better than I thought it was. I just I just wanted to do it just for fun, honestly. And and the crazy thing is, like, a couple months later, um, well, when I left, I got a couple of texts from some people that kind of inside, I guess, were like, don't be surprised if you get a call, get to go to training camp, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, cool, cool. And it never happened. And then midseason, I got a, t- a call from somebody who's attached to the organization that was asking me if I'm still in shape and, you know, how to, cause, and I think for me, it was, it was cool to know that still I could have, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? That somebody would still yeah. consider, I'm still trying you know, to get bring there, me out there. Yeah. Don't you worry about it. I got something for you. Don't even worry about it. I got you covered. But uh, not nah, me, and my, me and my brother. There's a eight year difference between us, mm-hmm. so there wasn't a lot of me and him playing against. My older brother played, and Carrie. Yeah, I know, right? He actually was, what, was he we, good? He was pretty. He, he could shoot it. 
like could really like we played in a championship game on the same team together in high school. Carrie? Yeah. Like yeah, you, yeah. CJ, yeah. The the real man around the real, town. Oh. The yeah. real man. He's the real man around town. <laughs> yeah, I see him everywhere. Now, he's pitches on billboards yeah, down like, to all that. The Calvin. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's Wait, my brother. Is there any competition between you guys? Like friendly competition, brotherly competition? As far like, as what? I got my face on a billboard. I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm over nah, here playing man. overseas. No, man. We celebrate each other. We that's celebrate good. each other. We, we're real tight. Um, you know, we've been blessed and, and everybody kind of in their own lane. Um, the the one thing that I and I and I'm sure my brother won't be mad. My youngest brother, we had a real like heart to heart a couple of years ago when he was um, trying to be a pro. You know, he was he was working out and and uh, he came out with some things that you know I wasn't even familiar with. Just just how he looked at me as you know big brother and how you know sometimes you set just you know you, you kind of paved the way for your for your younger brothers or for your kids or whatever. Um, and he put a lot of pressure on himself, you know, because he felt like man, I just want to. I want to, I want to make Tim proud, and it's like, bro, you've already made me proud, and that was like the breakthrough because our our family, like again, we're really close. Um, the competitive part of it is like when we playing cards or you know what I'm saying playing spades. Can y'all can, can, can you be my partner? Are Listen, you good enough? I've, Are you good enough to have a seat? I have at the single. Table? I have single. Wait. I have single digit losses in spades. Wait, lifetime with, with black people. What? Listen, <laughs> me and my dad are undefeated. I don't know. We don't. I'm have telling to, you. You now ain't you never know. played with me and my dad. No matter. Why does it have to be black? I got some good white space uh, partners. Shoot. I heard Maybe about not. one of your one of your. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Not, not that one. Not, that <laughs> not my white wife. Not my white wife. She, she, she can't play sports. She can't play no sports. You got a teacher, man. No, yeah. Oh. She might be playing with Rummy or something. <laughs> it's go Yo. fish, sir. Yeah, yeah. Go fish. I, bringing this back around somehow. I, I do want to talk to you about when you came out to Utah. When did you move out here? I moved here in 2002. I want to talk about, we, we always have articles, ESPN, Fox Sports, D News, Trib, whatever. They always do articles on being a black athlete mm-hmm. in Utah. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you when you first moved out here? Was it as diverse as it is today? Some people might say it's not diverse. What was your experience like? Um, it was definitely different. Uh, it was different for me. Uh, as an inner city kid uh, coming to Utah, but I went to a predominantly white high school. So the culture change wasn't as much for me as it was for the other guys that were coming um, here from California. It was a smaller campus, too, when you came here. It, it wasn't was. the University of Utah Pac-12. No. There wasn't this billion dollars of investment. No, yeah. man. There, was, there, there, there are a lot of new developments at the school. I mean, I went up there, and I walked into the practice facility, and yeah. I was just like, we built this. <laughs> they gave this to y'all. This should have been ours. <laughs> it was in a girls' locker room somewhere. Um, but no, in terms of the, like they told me when we first got here, you know, don't be alarmed when people, when you're in the grocery store and people are staring at you. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's because, well, for us, it was like they kind of know who you are. They, and so mm-hmm. the, instead of speaking, you know what I mean? Like they would just stare at you in awe. And I don't even know if it was, I was just like, oh, they're here. And, <laughs> and I want to look at them. <laughs> Wait, do it again, do it again. Oh, oh, oh they're here. Um, but nah, it was it was kind of cool though too because we here we are, you know, eighteen year old kids or whatever. We walk into a football stadium full of people we don't know, and all of a sudden they start chanting DMC D because so people knew, you know, coming into. The, so it was it was different, but it was cool because it was welcoming as an athlete. Um, I will say that black people that live in Utah who are not athletes probably have a different experience. I'll say that. <laughs> not that it's bad just different just extremely different yeah. because I don't know. I culturally get, I get random white kids that come up to me like 
having conversations like, hey, how you doing? I was like, wait a minute. Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes right. I want to be bothered. I was like, you don't see this big black dude standing here? Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't discourage you? No. Which, I mean, it, which is cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's extremely cool. But like you say, there are other people who have different experiences. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that can be anywhere. True. At True. At the same yeah. time. And yes. it's, better than, it's better than having some little kid like that's 12 years old, 13 years old, running up on you trying to take your wallet. So right. that's also kind of cool not to have that here so far because they gonna get $16 so far that, that's all they're getting from me you saw it I got three fives and a one in my wallet right now they're reaching your pocket alright yeah. it's gonna be three fives and a one, and a one. Yeah. you got no change nope the, the card is card is gonna decline <laughs> so it's fine well at least you know what you always gotta know what your budget is that's the hardest part absolutely <laughs> so what kind of father are you gonna be when your kids play basketball you gonna be like Matt Barnes, boycotting McDonald's oh, and chicken nuggets. You're going to be like LeVar Ball. Mm-mm. What kind of father are you going to be like? Like the little Bill types. Walton? Yeah. <laughs> I hope to be the type of father I had, uh, that I have, I should say. He's still alive. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but my dad didn't play, which is a, a huge difference between me and him, right? Uh, but my dad was extri- he was a cheerleader. He was he was just like, I'm at every game. I'm, I'm cheering for you. You know, <laughs> he got in a car. He would get in the car after a loss, and he'd be like, you know, son, you know, you just got to make every shot. <laughs> like, that was my dad. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yo, that's it, dad. <laughs> it's that easy. And I was like, nobody in the history of the game has shot 100% positive, but he feel like, no, yo, that's a lie. That's it? That's a lie. I'm from Memphis. So you did? 100%? <laughs> no. Bill Walton did against us in the National Championship game in 1977. He did. Bill Walton, did. but their team didn't. Oh no, not okay. Team. He was talking about oh, the whole. Saying your dad no, he was saying my you dad said our team. whole team. Oh okay, should have shot hundred percent from everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, was his not... thing. So, uh, as space a dad, Jam? Man, didn't have a space jam. Did it? It could have. <laughs> <laughs> but as as a dad, I I want to be able to encourage my son to have fun playing the game. I want to make sure that my son is motivated to play hard. Other than that, you know, and and I want to make sure like. My son's 10 right now, and he's shown a ton of interest in the game, uh, and he shows the promise of being pretty good. I mean, and that's that's me being as objective as possible. Um, and so for me, like, I don't want to push, oh, let's go work out every day. You know what I mean? But if he says, hey, Dad, trying to get to the park, let's, let's go. Then for me, it's like, all right, you know. And as soon as he gets there, and I think he's getting really, really close, then the switch turns on, and I'm not going to be hard on him. You know, I, I, I hope I'm not going to be hard on him. I don't, I don't think I am. You over there blocking his shots every time he shoots. I'm not that like... guy. Nah, nah, nah. We're not playing one on one. Because no one on one. Nah, not right now. Because he have, he has no chance. <laughs> but that's why you don't think that. Nah, it might break his spirit. Nah, it ain't gonna break him. It's it just doesn't pointless. develop them. <laughs> yeah, they some, I know some kids though. Nah, you hear stories about a kid or against their dad or brother above the rim. Yeah. No, it's a, no, no. It's he got so. game. He no, got he game. He got, got game. game. Yeah, yeah, he got, he got game. game. It's not. I'm not gonna be blocking this shot every day. <laughs> come on, come on. I'm like, come on, man. But nah, I'll, I'll play one on one when he gets a little. When he gets a little bit bigger. When he gets a little bigger. He's big for his age, though. That's kind of cool. But. So, when you are, have you reached that point to where you have to sit away from everyone else when you watch his games, or do you still sit with everyone else? I still sit with everybody else um, because I do want to hear. I want to. It's, it's, it's interesting to hear what people have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes good, sometimes bad. But as a basketball person, I can kind of make the separation. So I, I'm more so half. I don't take it all. I, don't, I really don't take it that serious. I really don't. You don't get frustrated by people who say stuff and you're like, you don't know the first thing about yep. basketball. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a frustration. That, that's the stuff that makes me laugh. Right. Yeah. You, when, they, when you hear some people say just like outlandish stuff, you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Don't be like my mom Weird. sitting over there. 
I'm about to break out my knife. I'm about to do this. You talk oh. about my daughter. Yeah, don't be like that. Don't no. don't be like that. Nah. Or man. recording. She she would use to she would record my games. But yeah. then we couldn't show them to anybody. Like, you know, yeah, because she'd be cursing. <laughs> she'd be talking about my teammates. Pass the ball. Pass the ball. That's my you favorite. You ain't good, no way. That's Do, my favorite. Yeah, like, when the parents scream, pass yeah, the ball. And then you can't even yeah. watch the games that you record because she's watching the game over here and then it's over here, the camcorder. I'm like, oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah, my dad did a good job recording too. He was solid, man. I, solid I just, you, y'all making me thinking about it. You're making me think about it. He, I, I ran into, uh, they just, my parents just moved here recently. Like, they became like Utah citizens or whatever. They they cleaned out their storage in California, but uh, he had a he had a VHS tape of our championship game, and uh, he did a really good job recording. Didn't he still had the player? I can what? understand the tape. He still had the VHS player. He had the player, bro. We do <laughs> v- VHS. We have a VCR. It's in my. It's in the back of my car right now, right right as we speak. Wow, and it still works. What? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't record my son's games. Yeah, either. I want to. I should do that. You but should. I, I can't pay attention. You gotta have someone record him. Yeah, somebody because else he's gonna want to watch them when he's older. Yeah, he's, he's gonna, gonna want to see that stuff. So you guys don't have the breakdown talk on the way home. No, nah, none of that. It's, no? Did you play hard? I think I could have played harder. All right, we'll play harder next time. That's pretty much what it is. Like the rest of it, the skill stuff. Like I said, I think he's gonna. He's he's already developing that part of it. But I, I just want it to be fun for him mm-hmm. for as long as possible. Because I think if you have fun, he, he'll, he'll be good. That's the hardest part, especially in AU, is you see the kids with the parents that are super over mm-hmm. out of bounds. And yeah. They got to be on certain teams. If that team's not doing good, then they got to be switching up. the best, always switching teams yeah. or changing their diet and sending <laughs> the trainers. And yeah. All kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. I can't. I hate it. And some of that stuff is good. Like. I mean, if you got a chunky kid and you don't know a lot about no seriously, like you don't you don't know a lot about about like the game and, and what he needs and I mean, I think every parent knows like the basics, right? Yeah. But if you have a kid, you know, who's eleven, twelve years old, kinda nearing that high school age and he starts to express some care, I get it. But I, I do see let me tell you something, these parents will spend money on these children here. Mm-hmm. They will spend a ton of money sending them from I mean, I train a kid uh, like some basketball skill stuff, and he's got like three skills trainers, and I'm just like, what? Well, what y'all need me for? Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take this yeah, money. I don't even understand why you, that's three separate. Three, yeah, yeah, and 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 possibly three separate ideas, ideas and how yeah. to approach the game, and it's just like it's confusing. I mean, I'm gonna take this money though. <laughs> But see, you can't I be take taking it. people's money. Like what happened with me? I start going to a skills coach for my shot. Yeah, it got worse. And my dad was like, "No, I mean, I was going to somebody to get better, and it got worse." Yeah, I don't teach kids how to shoot. I got one. I have I have one way to teach somebody how to shoot. I got one one piece of advice for anybody trying to learn how to shoot. When you shoot, put your hand in the basket. That's why I tell them. You the That's ball, what the old school people put your say. hand if you if your hand go the direction of the basket when you release the ball then the ball gonna go the direction of the basket and then you do that a bunch of times and you figure out muscle rep muscle remember yeah muscle yeah. remember yeah. they go in I mean Lonzo Ball just put your hand in the basket bro like well his shot is just weird anyway. well his his but shot works. starts from the other side of his yeah. body to and no one's I mean he's still getting points he scores he's now he's not a great three point shooter in the league so far and if people ask should he change it I don't I don't know I think he might be too late. Well, maybe another. That's the year. thing you you've been shooting this way your entire life. Mm-hmm. 
what happens if you try to change your shot now when you're in the NBA? And then people say, well, can, can it get any worse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not his shot. I'm just saying just in general. Yeah. I, I think Kyle, though. Didn't Kyle Kuzma change his shot over the summer? I think, I think he I just read improved. Something about Did that. he change it? I don't. It, it doesn't, he tweaked it. I think it, it probably tweaked. tweaked. Yeah, now Lonzo needs it. reconstructive surgery. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. You were actually a really good shooter. I still am. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, see, Tim. Here's the thing. Yeah. You. What what can I do? Help me out here because when I say things, you don't want them said, and then when you're you just like, yeah, because there's well, some things to a basketball player, a hooper, as I might say, right? That it's like okay. subtle things, like we'll yeah. catch. Let, like, let me wait. let me uh. rephrase this, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You were an amazing shooter. Still am. Oh wait, wait. <laughs> you are an amazing shooter, yeah, this, Tim. We're not talking about. See, the, the, so, what we're talking about is just tenses right now. It's like you keep putting me in the past. I mean, but I meant to change the tense. Yeah, I meant to change it, that, and then but I still, you didn't. So I had to fix you again. You know, what? You know okay. So you, you are. Playing I forgot mean where I was going play. with this, but yes, you you are a great shooter. Yeah, it's uh, true. Especially free throws. Yeah, everything. Really good from the free throw line, though. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't why can't you help Lonzo Ball? He shoots fifty percent. Somebody told me he shoots fifty percent from the free throw line. He does, Might have, uh, but he's not the worst free throw shooter. No, uh, but but he's a guard. Dude is shooting forty percent, like. For his career, Andre Rand Drummond. Yeah, Drummond. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's Shaq, baby Shaq. But they said that Drummond's <laughs> percentage this year is better it's than It's actually Lonzo's. better than, yeah. Yeah. And he's a guard, so as a guard, you should never shoot Bruh, that Bro, it's like you taking your guard out the game at the end because they yeah. found it on purpose. Better it's put like, Hart in there. I like Hart better anyway. Hack a, <laughs> hack a uh, Lonzo. Hack a Lonzo. But you know who else can't shoot him? Uh, ben Simmons don't shoot free throws that well. No, that but everybody know? loves Ben Simmons. Yeah, he, he's, I love, like, he's a good player. He's a really good player. So should he get it or should rookie, rookie of the year? year? Yeah, no, I'm still going you, for a Mitchell. Let me ask you this question: Did Ben Simmons get paid his rookie year? Yep. Then he's not a rookie. That's true. That's true. That's not what Nike says. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, Nike, yeah. Nike <laughs> done got a lot of people in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nah, so I, I never I, even looked good. at it like that. He did get well, paid. Well, yeah, last that's year. the thing. But they're not putting him in. They're saying this is his true. He never rookie played a game. Yeah. True is my in my bank account. <laughs> that's why. That's why I know something is real. If it's in my account, <laughs> then it's real. If it's not, then no. I, I mean, you know, that's just me being cynical. But he's really good. He's really good. But should he be in these talks for rookie of the year? I mean, based on their rules, yeah, he should be. He's good. So and who they're are you taking Kyle. Why? Because he's the best rookie over me. Mitchell. Over Donovan, I think Donovan Mitchell is more. Uh, he's more dynamic. He's more explosive. He's more exciting to watch. But just a full body of of work, I think Kyle has been a really like all around. He's been really he rebounds. Consistent. He plays defense, and then yeah. with rookie of the year, do you also take in consideration? Record. Say you have two two guys, same stats, right? Mm-hmm. But do you take the guy who made his team better? Like, do you look at that too? I think you have to. I think you. I think. I think you have to look at it the same way you look at the MVP. But Kyle doesn't make his team better. Would you also have to look at playing in LA versus playing in Salt Lake City and the magnitude of pressure? That Kuzma is under compared to Mitchell. I think people will. I don't think you should. Yeah. I think I think the NBA stage is the NBA stage. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a difference. There's different stages. Sure, yeah. sure, and and I, that's not to that's not to discount that, but that's that's why you're a professional too. Like once you get to professional, it's the stage wherever you're acting, wherever you're playing. You know, that's that's where the stage is. So you, so somebody said Kuzma. You don't think Kuzma? Well, makes here's let me. Define that. Come on so, back, Cedric. All right. So, <laughs> so, you know, we got Ben Simmons. Yep. Okay. He's like a Penny Hardaway. Mm-hmm. He orchestrates everything. He can pass. He can knock down mid range, rebounds, plays defense. Mm-hmm. 
Donovan, same thing. He gets the ball going, excitement, everything. Kuzma, he's just one of those, I don't even want to say glue guys, but he comes in and does his job. Does he make the Lakers better on the floor as a whole? In my opinion, no. Yes, because without him, who's scoring right now? No, right, right. I understand that part, the scoring aspect. Yeah. But is he getting them in the flow? Which is but which is not his job, right? Which isn't his job. But if I'm looking at, but you can't get somebody in the flow with somebody's daddy up there in the stands, like. Yeah, I think his I, other I, team you know not rebounding and running back. And Kuzma should get it just based on the fact yeah, that, that LeVar Ball is his coach. Yeah. <laughs> so, trying to get the other coach fired. So who gets coach of the year? LeVar Ball. Man, easily. Heck no. Uh, uh, Bill Walton should get Bill it. Or, 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 um, Luke, uh, Walton. Luke Walton should get it. Luke Walton just for putting up with all that. Having to deal with all that. Just because he haven't resigned yet. God. Now, when does Magic step in? Yes. So that's you, both of you guys thing, are yeah. California yep. natives, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All so three. all three of you guys. When does Magic step in and say, "All right, either hush your mouth or because he's on what guaranteed for two years only." Mm. So, Lonzo. Lonzo. Really? Rookie contract, yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's four years, isn't it? I was, that's what I, th- yeah. I thought it was three. Oh, they the, change it? I thought it was three. CBA change three and an option. Yeah. Oh, three and an option. Okay. So, but they can easily get rid of them. They can trade them. Who's going to pick they them? Can, they can wave them. But that's, yeah, that's no, they the can whole, wave them. Just pay them out. The yeah. debate is: Does Magic Johnson need to step in and say, "Hey"? You're doing too well, much. Well, in Europe now. He's not even in America. Right? That's not going to last but, long. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be back. Yeah, he'll, be back. He'll, be back. he'll be back. But, but if you've noticed in the last three weeks, his voice has dramatically decreased. He hasn't been on ESPN. He hasn't True. been on Fox. Yeah. The only interviews they're doing is when yes. he's in Europe. And Maybe President Donald Trump shut him down. No. Wow. <laughs> You're going to have to bleep that. <laughs> I was being sarcastic. I don't, I don't know what magic can say other than you're not allowed in the i mean yeah what, you can't what tell do you, what do you do uh, yeah i don't i don't know what he can do what what can magic really do other than focus on the get guy rid guy. of him that's, <laughs> that's what you can do <laughs> he, i mean he can only get he can get rid of the sun but yeah. i think i think magic likes i think magic likes lonzo and honestly quite as, I, I like lonzo how long has he put up with it though he's I don't, were you talking about the lakers this much before all of this? No, because you they were. suck. Yeah. Well, I was because my boo was on my phone. No, because everyone's always talking about uh, Kobe. Yeah. So, yeah. But the thing is, yeah, I think it's given the Lakers a storyline right now. They are trash. They're terrible. But they're irritated but, yeah. with the storyline. Yeah, they, but nobody wants that. who cares? It's the storyline that's given to you. It's the storyline that all, all the, the media has given to you, so that's, that's what you got to write out. But they've given, it to, they've given it to LeVar, and I think that's the thing, too. It's not, it's not shining a... A positive light on the Laker organization. It's not going to last long. No, but and I don't think it's going to last. I, I, honestly, I think it's going to fade. I think it's going to fizz out. Me too. It's going to fizz out overseas. That's mm-hmm. going to last maybe another month, and no one's going to want that. It's a circus, yeah. dude. Why do you take your sons out and just remove them and take them to blah blah blah? Because blah? you're selfish. Like that's so, those parents uh, that we we're talking about that live vicariously through their kids. Somebody asked nuts. me. Somebody asked me the other day, or somebody suggested at the barbershop that. Lavar Ball doesn't care about his kids, and I think that's a, I think that's I think that's a I think that's you're going too far to say that, but his actions definitely say that he's about the money, right? And he's about his the, fame. He wants he's to get about his, shine. his fame. Yeah. I mean, all, everything that he has said is about him. I think he wants what's best for his family, and he thinks that this is the way to do it. Right. Well, what about what merchandise? Because <clears throat> ain't nobody getting no merchandise that they order from Big Baller Brand. 
Nobody's getting it. The Only the stars business, are getting it. Yeah, yeah, the Better Business Bureau, Bureau gave him like a F. Better Bus- Business Bureau. That's yeah. BBB too, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> what maybe say? they're in, maybe they're uh, together. But no, they gave him his company an F because so many people have called them and complained, saying, "I've ordered T-shirts, I've ordered merchandise. They got my money, yeah, but it, I ain't get my it's merchandise." Gonna, it's gonna, I'm telling you, it's gonna fizz out. Like it's he, stuck in China. Donald Trump probably did something with that. <laughs> Donald Trump confiscated. There's a tariff. There's a tariff in place. I'm not talking about this. <laughs> This so, is where y'all lose. Let me, let me ask you this real quick. <laughs> okay. In, in your current situation uh-huh. as a high school coach, if you got a call, say, from the Jazz to coach with the Stars, would that be a step that you would take? Wow. This Starting, is- like, the, as a coach, mm-hmm. like, I know when I coach, when I started coaching AAU, you know, I want to go high school, AAU, college. Yeah. I wanted to climb that ladder, which yeah. I started doing. I went AU, I went to the U when Elaine was there, yeah. um, 07, 08, and then other stuff happened. But yeah. <laughs> when you when you started coaching, did you have did you look that far, or did you would you say I I just want to coach here right now? I've been that's that's a great question, and I'm a, I'm a, I have to be honest. So I was a I was an assistant coach at Murray for four years, Murray High School, five A, whatever. I always used to tell the coach Jason, like I don't ever want to be a head coach. I just don't like. I don't. I see all the administrative stuff that goes into it. I see all of the. I mean, and I haven't avoided parental stuff as an even even as an assistant. But I will say this. So, like I said before, my life in terms of like I went to school and went to a Christian school. I understand what that's like. I understand how it is to be a student. I understand how it is to be a Christian at a Christian school. I understand what it means to be a Christian athlete at a Christian school. So I feel like what I'm doing right now is more about a call on my life. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's just that's how as real as I can be about it. Um it's about where I feel like God has landed me in my career. Because I didn't I did I didn't I never chased this. I never was after it. As a matter of fact, I didn't want it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so to ask that question about the jazz and about this, like it would have to be something that, or even that just, was so or even the you. Yeah, like say snow or SUU. Yeah, or, I can I can comfortably say no to those things right now. Right. As as we speak. Just because I know that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. Right. And I'm impacting kids' lives that I couldn't otherwise. Right. Because I can be free about my faith. I can be free about the way I do things and stuff like that. Um but yeah, it's not something I'm not even looking I I plan to be at Intermountain Christian School for a very long time. That's my plan. If anything changes, then it'll have to be something from from God. When do you guys play so we can come see? We have another game. Uh, I believe it's this Friday. Don't come. This week. He said don't come. Who are you playing? See, your players might hear this. Like, wait a minute, coach. Uh, I know, right? Nah, my players, no my players know. We got a great relationship. My players know exactly what I'm saying and why I'm saying it. No, don't don't come this weekend, but I'll definitely let you guys know. It's, it's a back to back. We're playing the same team twice, and um, and they're undermanned. They, let's just say that. It's, it's not going to be so a fun So you're going to blow them out? Probably. But we still get to see the sets that you put in? And nah, because I don't run. sideline? Yeah, I don't run sets against uh, – I don't run a lot of sets – against teams that I know that we're going to beat because yeah. I know that, that – Just throw it out there. Well, because I know coaches are out there scouting. Right. Right? Uh, so yeah, yeah. part of what I do is – Because you're in region play now, right? We're, we're in region. Right. So I don't just – you know, I don't just show hands so everybody can just see what we're doing. Like, right. I think we'll be able to run motion and play, now, play D and beat them. As a player, now you're a coach. Yeah. When you were a player, did you hate having – did Majerus run a bunch of sets? Majerus ran – 
some sets. We run a lot of motion. But here's the thing that I hated and loved at the same time about Majerus. He was so detail oriented. Right. And he his his scouting reports and his game plans were and I'm just not an exaggeration. I'll just take a player. Marcus Banks. He has driven the ball four hundred and sixteen times. Three hundred and seventy nine times he has gone right. And whatever the math is, this is how many times he's going left. So it was like broken down to like that. He did that or the assistants, assistants did that? Okay. Yeah, and he always used a joke. Like these assistants are probably going to lose their wives because they have to put so much time <laughs> into you know preparation. Right. But when we came in, it was a board from the guy who played 30, 38 minutes a game to the guy who played seven minutes a game. And it was broken down to exactly to the T. And we used to have to come in and we have to rewrite what's on the board, everything. Then on the other board, it was their 10-set plays. Or if it's Utah State, they're 35 set play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll have to write down their most 15 frequent action. I mean, that. Kind of, so I'm not that I know how to prepare like that. I'd rather not do that. Um, but at the high school level, too, I also have to understand people, people, you know, kids' understanding of the game, pros' understanding of the game has depleted in, right. in recent You know what I'm saying? Right. So guys are not students of the game like that anymore. So all that information overload is just going to be like, um, you, you should have just took a picture of the board. I should just, they didn't have phones back We had a notebook. They, they gave us a notebook upon entering the University of Utah. And, and the coaches checked our notebooks. Really? You, you played with Ray Jack Letty, too, didn't you? I did for two years. And you won a Mountain West Championship, right? Uh-huh. Tournament? Yeah. I did. Uh, you that was with, that was with Coach Ruff. part of the Utah um, transition. Like, I did. Wow. If you ever came in again, we got to get into that. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. I would love to come in, man. Mm-hmm. I think you're lying. So you you're the last player to win anything in oh, boy. the University of Utah. <laughs> Hats off to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that the, I'm not going <laughs> to. My bad. They didn't win the Mountain West or anything after that? Since with then? Boylan? Or? So. No, Boylan didn't win. No, That's I why I called know. you a standout. I think we've That's why gone Boylan's dry in Chicago right now with the a Bulls. a long time. He's a great pro coach. Yeah, he is. He's not a good college. Okay, but wait, next time you come question. in, we'll do a whole research on this thing. Because there was a... there's. From the media and Monson and the relationships that he sure helped, they're just a whole crazy time, and it's yeah. I would love to come back. And yeah. talk Last about question it. before you go, just because okay. this just popped in my head. All right, can you be in any sport—football, mm-hmm. basketball, whatever? Can you be a great coach and never have played the game? N- what is never? Is, you is did it, not. I never played at that play. level. Nothing other than high school. Professional, right? Yes. Professional, so so nothing, nothing past high school? high school, right? Stan Van Gundy type. Majerus was a walk on at Ball State, and that was the extent of his. Who was the coach, though? I don't even. I think know. it also depends on who, who you learned the co- under. Who you learned? That's exactly that. That was going to be my next point. I don't remember who the coach was, right. but he remembers that guy like, 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 like a like a Chuck Daly or right. like a you know what I mean, right. like like one of those type of guys. So if you play for a great coach and you're setting out to be a great coach then I think who you're under matters. I think it's hard to relate to players. So it's hard to be a player's coach if you've never played because you've never been in that environment. You've never felt the pressure of this type of game. You so see what I'm saying? can they speak of toughness and grit? And They can speak only, only because they've seen it, right? not because they've ever done it. And I think, that's, I think there's a little more cred- – obviously there's a little more credibility in a coach who has played than, than the one who has not. At the same time, again, there are people who have played the game, 
who know who still today <laughs> know nothing other than they played the game. That's, that's all they know. You know what that's I mean? Like your so, old drunk uncle in the back. I, yeah. I was great. Yeah. I was good. Yeah. You didn't take from me. Watch I my take. Games. I had a quadruple yeah. double. Be like yeah. my dad. All you gotta do is make every shot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, and wrapping up here, Tim. If people want to find out more about you, how can they hook up with you on social media? Uh, Instagram, Tim Dr- at Tim Drisdom. Uh, Facebook, I think it's Timothy Drisdom. And um, my phone number is nine one one. No, man, that's that's pretty much it, man. It's, it's pretty easy to find me. All right, make sure you guys hit us up utahpodcastnetwork.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Find me on Instagram, Brittany Renee TV. Cedric, Sasha, do y'all want to be found? Sasha doesn't. Cedric, where can Sad they find you? at hoopinandhive.com. That is my email. Look out for hoopinandhive.com website. We just shot our first video yesterday, so that should be dropping in the next couple weeks. August 3rd and 4th is the tournament. Next time, don't give out your email. Tangent and told you, give out your social media, not the Gmail. I don't have nobody. That's it for us. (laughs) I don't have nobody. I. Is it tough to, or was it tough to recruit players to go to Utah? Yeah, Utah was a tough sell because it's predominantly a Mormon state. So for the in-state kids, you were truly a state school because 70, 80% of them were Mormon. And yet for the out-of-state kids, you were a Mormon school. So yeah, Utah was a tough sell and it has a proximity to nowhere. You know, you, you're, if you want to go and know where the middle of nowhere is, it's Utah. and. There's nothing around you to the north, south, east, or west that would speak to round ball players. So we got it. We had to go to L.A. I always had foreign kids. I had a kid from Finland, Hano Medela, played in the NBA a little bit. But number one draft choice, the Bucks, was my last big foreign recruit. Andrew Bogut from Australia. Mm-hmm. I had two Australian kids, a Chinese kid, Ma Jing. I had a kid from South America. And I had a kid on my team from every continent but Africa. But, but what do you tell kids in order to get past? If you're talking to a kid in New York or L.A. or something, how do you how do you tell them to come to Utah? Well, I sold at Utah the same thing I did at Marquette and Ball State, quality education. And what I'm proudest of is not my record on the court, but really the record in the classroom. So a guy like Andre Miller, now on the verge of becoming an all-star in the NBA, or Keith Van Horn, who played for the Bucks here, Keith has his degree, Andre has his degree.